Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Well, let's look at Psalm 47. This is one of the very first psalms I ever learned was the very first verse of this psalm because we used to sing it as a song in our praise time. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of praise or a voice of joy, depending on your translation. But it's in the Hebrew, praise and joy. It's like saying, praise you, God. Thank you. We can thank God. You know, people stand up and cheer for their football team when they're at a game or their, their basketball team. They get up, yay, they clap, and they're all excited for that. Are we allowed to clap and say, yay, God, you did a good job? This chapter is going to tell us how the Lord fought battles for Israel and how he went before them. He fought the battles. Remember, the Bible says, who's the battle belong to? It says the battle belongs to the Lord. And so he fought for them. He did great, mighty things. He brought them into a land, it says, where there was, I mean, it was very corrupt. And he said, I'm going to go before you and I'm going to take that away and I'm going to make a place for you. It's going to be your inheritance that I give you, says the Lord. Now, this chapter is going to tell us of great things God does for Israel. But remember, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, everything that happened to Israel happened to them for hours. Example. So everything that God did for them, he's saying, look at them, study them. So you see what I did for them. And then you get to know what I can do for you. Because does God look out for us? Does he take care of us and give us what we need? Sure. Now look at verse 2 of this psalm. Psalm 47 says, For the Lord Most High, praise him, for he is great. He is to be feared. He is the great king over all the earth. He subdues people under us. He nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us. The glory of Jacob. That's um, the guy, remember, Jacob, that wrestled with the angel, and he got his name changed to Israel. Yeah, Israel, we say in English. The glory of Israel, or of of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a skillful psalm. God reigns over all the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. So this is a psalm of praise to God, how great God is to take care of the nation. He gave them their inheritance. He brought them into the land and said, I'm giving you this. And then he told them, you can only take the land and you can't give it away. You can lease it out. But we have this thing called the year of Jubilee. You know what happens at that time when they have this year of Jubilee? All debts are forgiven, and all ownership of the land goes back to the original party that God gave it to, so that they would have something to fall back on. Now, the next psalm, Psalm 48, is also one of the first songs I learned. And we used to sing, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness. These first two lines of both these psalms were songs that we sang in early Calvary all the time. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In Hebrew, it's Gadol Adonai, Umelo It's Umehu Al Meod. It's singing all of us together songs of praise because he's great. 
is greatly to be praised. So here, the psalmist writes this, Berir Eloheinu is in the city of our God. It's an, a possessive. He's our God. Not a God, not some God, like pick a God, but our God. In the city of our God, he says, Berir Eloheinu, Berhar Kodso is um, in the mountain. Har is a um, mountain in Hebrew. And Ber is in. Berhar Kodso is the mountain of holiness. This is where he dwells. Beautiful, it says, in situation or elevation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. So God has made in her palaces, he has made himself known as a stronghold. For lo, the kings assembled themselves, they passed by together, they saw it, and then they were amazed. And they were terrified, and they fled in alarm. Panic seized them, there it says, anguish as a woman in childbirth. With the east wind, he says, you break the ships of Tarshish. We have seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, God will establish her forever. Selah. Selah in Hebrew is to take a pause and just think about that. God will establish for Israel that holy city, Jerusalem, or Jerusalem, we say in English. It's supposed to be the city of peace, Salam, or Shalom. When you say shalom to somebody, that means peace. It's, a, it's like we say aloha in Hawaiian to greet someone that's like love. Well, when you go to Israel, you say shalom. And when you leave for ease to remember this, all you have to do is say shalom, shalom. Peace, peace. Like as you're departing, peace, peace. There's other goodbyes, but shalom, leotrot, till we see each other again. But usually it's easiest to teach the people that are just learning. Shalom is hello. And shalom is goodbye. Just use it just like we use aloha. You know, when you call up someone and you start off your conversation here in Hawaii, we say aloha. And then when you're getting ready to hang up, you say aloha. It's their equivalent, okay? It has a different meaning. It means peace. Peace. God's peace. That's a nice greeting. When you greet someone, when you greet someone, they came up to you and said, peace. And they gave you a big hug. How would you feel? That's a nice greeting, isn't it? Peace. Shalom, this is the city of our God, Jerusalem, the city of peace. Has Jerusalem really been full of peace? No. In fact, Zechariah prophesied and said that this city, Jerusalem, would be this cup of trembling, says in the King James. They would be the attention of, well, let me just show you this. Turn to Zechariah 12. He says, the burden of the word of the Lord concerning Israel Thus declares the Lord who stretches out the heavens. He lays the foundations of the earth. He forms the spirit of man within him. He says, behold, I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup that causes reeling to all the peoples. A cup of trembling, the King James says, and to all peoples around. And when the siege is against Jerusalem, and it will be also against Judah, it will come about that in that day I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will be severely injured. You lift something too heavy, you can get injured. You can hurt your back, you can hurt your stomach, whatever it is by lifting something too heavy. God says, I'll make Jerusalem such a heavy stone that all those that try to lift it, try to take it away, they'll get injured. Now I find it interesting. God says, this is what I'm calling my city, this place I pick. And God said, I pick these people not because they're great, 
in number, not because they're great in stature. He said, I picked them because they were small. And I picked them so that I could fight for them. And when I would win the battle for them, everyone would go, well, it wasn't because those guys. I mean, they're little twerps. It can't be because they are such good fighters. And pretty soon the word got out that they would say, watch out, not for the Israelites, watch out for the God of the Israelites. Because everyone look at these little guys and go, not them. It's not because they're so great. It's because their God is so great. And then the enemies of Israel began to fear the Lord. I mean, I would have never thought that. When I was young and we picked teams on the ball field, I always would try to get on the the team that was going to be the winning team. And you didn't pick the little scrawny guys that were no good at the game. You, you picked all the guys that were really athletic, get all the best guys and put them on your team. But let me tell you, in this way, if God was one of the team captains and I was the other team captain, I'd be picking all of the star athletes come to my side. And he would pick all of the wimpy little guys that can't do anything real good on their own, and he would put them all on his team. You know, I'd be starting with the best guy first, you know, thinking, I got to get him, and then I'm, I hope God doesn't know that that other guy is the second best, and I'll get him next if he should happen to miss him. And I'd be sitting there just hoping. And the whole time I'd be confused, because as I picked my team, God would be letting me get my pick. All the best guys. And he would probably be starting with the worst guy and putting him on his team. And then the second worst guy and the third worst. And he'd put them all on his team. And then he'd say, let's play ball. And who do you think would win? When you have God picking your team versus man, let me tell you, God wins every time. And then everyone would say, well, it can't because their team is like such a great team. So what would they attribute it to? to their team captain. They'd say, it's their God that fought for them. And that's what God did with Israel. He picked Israel not because they were great, because they were small. And he says, I'm going to do great things for them. And then when, when I do, people will say, what a great God they have. What a great God. Not they're so great. He's so great. If you haven't been to Israel, where the old city of Jerusalem sits, even when, when Rome came in and destroyed the temple of Solomon, the reason that got destroyed is because it was covered with plates of gold. They had hammered out gold and plated the whole thing. Well, Solomon had a lot of money. In fact, he was the wealthiest man to live even to date. He had amassed more wealth than any other man. The Roman commander said, guys, don't burn the city. Don't do it. Some of his guys got a little zealous and they set the thing to fire. And when they did, it was such an intense inferno of heat that it actually caused the gold to melt and run down between the stones. Now, if you were looting and pillaging a city and you had a building catch fire and the gold, that plating that was hammered out and on the sides of the building, melted and ran down into the cracks of the stones that the building was made of, the Romans just tore the building apart to get the gold that had going down because I mean it's pure gold it's just sitting there all you got to do is push some stones over and peel it out of the cracks they're not stupid gold is gold I mean they they just pillaged the whole thing and because of that the temple was destroyed now God he was trying to get their attention he was saying look guys you got to look to me and if you don't I'm going to let judgment come against you because you're not paying attention it was a, a good object lesson 
But then he says, listen, just to let you know, even though men aren't always faithful, but God is always faithful. He says, I'll be faithful to my word. When the right time comes, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to reestablish you on the land. And I'm going to make all the nations of the earth pay attention to you. And it's funny, you can't watch the world news. You can't watch CNN without at least one story in the half hour being something about the Middle East and about Jerusalem and the stuff going on over there in Israel and how they're fighting against Israel. And I'm thinking, hmm, you know, a hundred years ago, there was no stories like this. A hundred years ago, if you read Bible commentators from a hundred years ago and they talk about Israel, the Bible commentators like uh, Ryrie and those guys, they say, well, we're kind of like the spiritual Israel of God. You know, the church is. And so just think of all those promises that God promised to them as promised to us. And it sounded about as good as they could come up with because there was no Israel. You know, all these verses that talk about God's going to make Israel reappear on the earth. Has any other nation that existed 2,000, 3,000 years ago come back and sprung back up again? By the way, this is one God was showing off. You want a sign? I'll pick a sign. I'm going to drive them to the four corners of the earth, and then I'm going to bring them back so that all the world will know I am God. This didn't happen to the Aztecs, the Incas. You know, where'd they go? And they haven't reappeared. You know, all the ones that have disappeared, they're gone. And yet the Jews, God spread them all over the earth, and then he brought them back. And he did it for a sign to the nations. So if your friends say to you, you're kind of crazy believing this Bible stuff, you're like, you're not very informed, are you? Just pull this. Have you seen Aztecs running or Incas or any other nations that used to be from the ancient days come back? Because there's none. In all of the history books, there is no story where any nation that used to be 2,000 years ago all of a sudden pops back up again, except for one. Just one. One little teeny nation. It's not very big. Like the size of Connecticut. Not, not like a huge nation. It's a little nation. And this little nation commands so much attention of the world news today in the news. And God said, I'll do that just to show off a little in case they don't know if I'm really here. When they just consider, wait, never been a nation that used to be and then waboom. And by the way, this only has happened once. In the whole time of the United Nations, they have only done this one time. In 1948, they had a vote. And they voted and said, we vote that Israel is a nation again. What? Since when do they get to decide who's a nation and who's not? They did it. They had a vote. All these other nations got together and said, we vote Israel's a nation. Have they voted anyone else to be a nation? No. You think, God, you really are showing off, aren't you? You're telling us, just like they could have studied the scripture and found out Bethlehem was where the Messiah would be born, we can study the scripture and see Jerusalem is a very important piece of the prophetic timeline to know, wow, that's a big sign. They're back. And did you know that it says they're going to build a temple again? Today, the Jews have all of the articles for the temple to be rebuilt. There's a thing called the Temple Mount Institute over there in Israel, and they have every article, you know, the table of showbread. You guys seen the candelabra with the, the many little um, 
legs on it that go up. That's already been made out of refined, beautiful gold. Right now they're in quote, a museum. And the whole purpose of the museum is we are waiting for the day we get the building permit and they're going to put up that temple again. And I say, oh, this is exciting because these are all things prophesied because there's a lot of questions, guys. Well, how is Jesus going to come back to the temple if the temple's gone? You know, like those prophecies about his return and putting his foot on the temple mount. And I'm like, don't worry, it'll be there. All the puzzle pieces are coming together. Some of the details and John sees in the book of Revelation what will happen. It's very exciting. Makes your faith just go, wow. I like to watch world news. I like to look at the Bible and then watch the world news and just sit there like John Higgins thought. Oh, that's Revelation 22. Oh, that's Zechariah. I couldn't watch the news with John without finding out more about the days we're in. Where does it line up with the things prophesied? Just like those guys had it back then that they knew the Messiah was coming. They didn't know all the details, but they knew enough to figure out what city he was born in. They knew things about him. And they were able to tell Herod that, the religious guys. We can pay attention to the details too, can't we? And see, hmm, let me see. So how long do you think it'll take them to build a building that's it's not all that big, guys? When we went to Israel, we went to the Temple Mount, and there's a dome called the Dome of the Spirit. We had our Bible study there, and the Jewish guy told us, you're currently in this little dome. looks like a little cupola. It's, if you look at the pictures of Jerusalem, of the old city, from the Garden of Gethsemane, they take a lot of pictures over across the Kidron Valley, and you see that gold mosque that's sitting there. Well, if you look to the right, there's a little teeny white dome. That's called the Dome of the Spirit. John Higgins says, you know, the Antichrist is going to come, and he's going to say, peace, peace, let's all get along. And doesn't the scripture say the inner court is for the Jews to worship and the outer court is for the Gentiles? Why don't we just rebuild the temple here? And so John wanted to show us that there's enough room to put Solomon's original temple back up on the Temple Mount and still leave room for that gold mosque over there. It would be on the outer court. We paste it off in cubits. A, a cubit is a, from the tip of your finger to your elbow, about a foot and a half. So, you know, we paste off 15 cubits this wide, go that way. You know, we measured it out, four of us. Each of us pretended we were the corners of the building. And so get one guy in the corner over there like this and one over there. And, and we put our arms up and we were like pretending, okay, this is where the Holy of Holies would be. So it's got buildings got to go that way because it tells us which way it's oriented. We're asking the guy, which way is the north, south, east? What? You know, we want to aim the thing the right way. We start snapping pictures of us had someone get way back and take pictures to show that we could fit the temple of Solomon right back where it used to be. Well, all of a sudden, we get guys with machine guns run up to us and say, you got to go, you got to go. And the Arabs at that time were controlling the Temple Mount, this many years ago. And they whooshed us right off the Temple Mount. They knew what we were, what we were doing. Just a bunch of tourists, and all of a sudden, four guys pace this way and pace that way. And we're just, you know, like the surveyors. Here's where it could go. And they're like, get out of here. And they come up with their machine guns and just chased us off. Like, you're not going to build here. I'm like, I'm not, but somebody is. That was many years ago, guys, when I was there. And they were, at that time, the Temple Mount Institute was just a small little hole in the wall, a little teeny business. And they had gotten a few articles preparing for the vision of rebuilding the temple. 
Well, today it's grown. So much money has been contributed. All of the articles are built. And do you know they already have all the pieces for the building? It's like going to be like um, how we call prefab, erector set. Boop, 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 boop. It's going to go up, and they're going to put the stuff inside. I believe we're going to see that pretty soon. Somebody's going to come along and say, let's all get along. That's a guy I'm going to keep my eye on as a possible antichrist because he's going to have to be very persuasive to the Arabs to get them and the, um, you know, the guys running the temple. Look, let's get along and you let, you know, you got your thing, they have their thing. And right now they fight over it like crazy, arguing whose it is. Well, we were here first. No, we were here first. All of a sudden, these Jews came back who hadn't been there for 2,000 years. So the guys that have been there in between are saying, no, this is ours. I understand their argument. They don't want to look back farther than that, though, because if they look back farther, it wasn't theirs. God had given it to the Jews. So now God's going to have to do something to give it back. We're going to see all of the pieces fulfilled. And we will say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So this is just a psalm of praise. And I just want to point out the last verse, verse 14. And he is going to guide you for such is our God. He is the God for our God forever and ever. And he will guide us all the way until death. He is with you through the whole thing. You know, sometimes people get all hung up about prophecy and some get real excited, some get fearful. I tell them, you forgot to read the end of the psalm. The Lord's with you through the end. Doesn't matter. Don't freak out. God is with you. If God is not with you, freak out. You should. Because he's the one who's really our peace. And we don't have to be afraid. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona. Oh, clap your hands, yes, all of your people. sing and shout with the joy of the Lord. Oh, raise your hands to the King and His throne on high. He's done a lot and He's gonna do more. Well, let us boast about the wonderful things that He's done and let us dwell on all the things that He's stored. Oh, well, the truth of the matter is He's done it all. And don't you know that He's gonna do more? Ah, it's time to fill your heart with emotion. Sky. Oh, clap your hands, yes, all of you people. Sing a child with the joy of the Lord. Oh, raise your hands to the King and His Lord on high. He's done a lot and He's going to do more. Oh, let us boast about the wonderful things that He's done and let us dwell on all the things that He's stored. Oh, well, the truth of the matter is He's done it all and don't you know that He's going to do more.
path you're walking is the one way Rise up, sing hallelujah, let your voice ring out with his praise Rise up, sing hallelujah, give your glory to all of his ways Shout out, sing hallelujah, never stop throughout all your days Rise up, sing hallelujah, need to celebrate God in his grace Clap your hands, yes, all of you people All of you people sing a child with the joy of the Lord.